Today's episode is made possible by the generous support of Charon Law Offices. Located in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, Steve Charon and his team work with startup companies offering a full range of legal services. No matter what stage your startup is in, the team at Charon Law Offices can help you. From structuring to developing stock option plans to assisting with fundraising arrangements, Charon Law Offices can guide you through the process. For more information, email steve at charonlawoffices.com or call 412-880-5633. Visit their website at charonlawoffices.com for more information. Charon Law Offices, from startup to exit and everything in between. You can follow us on Twitter at BroadcastPGH and find us on Facebook at TheBroadcast underscore PGH and Instagram at TheBroadcast underscore PGH. Our website is Broadcast-Podcast.com where you can find all of our past episodes. If you want to support the show, you can visit our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash BroadcastPGH. If you'd like to sponsor or otherwise partner with the show, we'd love to talk to you. Drop us a line at BroadcastPGH at gmail.com. So tonight it's me and Pam, and we have a, a guest who I've known for a while, and I've known you know, kind of in the same Pittsburgh media ecosystem circles. Pittsburgh media is such a funny little weird small, uh, everyone knows everyone or knows someone who knows someone. And so tonight we have Amy Jo Brown, who is the project editor for this new collaborative journalism project called the Pittsburgh Media Partnership. And I know that there's, um, this is sort of a newer concept sort of overall in journalism, but I know it was, um, there was some inspiration from a project in Philadelphia called Resolved Philly. And they did a big project, which I was just so super impressed with called Broken Philly, where all of, I'll let you tell it because no one wants to hear me, but, but basically all of these, all these collaborative, all these journalists together to collaborate, all these outlets who, you know, were competitors and who were in this market that's very, very competitive and worked on this, this project, several projects that were really you know, let's look at the big picture. How can we all report on this? So welcome. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I want to talk about this project and why you wanted to get involved and kind of, you know, some of the, um, who the stakeholders involved, kind of what's the big picture goal. Um, I know you're still working out um, topics and what you're going to, what the topic of of focus is going to be, but Let's talk about why you want to get involved and kind of what you're hoping comes of this, because I think it's super exciting and I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes of it. Me too. Um, yes. Uh, so the reason that I, I got involved um, is I'm a huge believer in local news. Um, that's been my background uh, for the last 20 plus years. Um, and I've worked at uh, daily papers and weekly papers sort of all across the country. So Oregon and Ohio and um, here in Pennsylvania, of course, um, which is my home, home state, um, Arkansas, um, California. Um, so, you know, my background is, is local government reporting. It's investigative reporting at the local level, which is also um, I, I, I'm, I kind of grew up in that that newsroom where doing that kind of work is you fit it in around doing your regular meeting coverage Mm -hmm. and the Sunday obits and feature writing and all of that. So Mm -hmm. that, that mix, that beautiful mix of, of being able to do not just um, community journalism, but also the, the kind of work that holds people accountable for um, promises that they make money that they're spending, that is taxpayer money, things like that. It's so important. And it's so right now, uh, you know, I think there's 
maybe a little bit overblown, but it's definitely an, an area where there's a lot of consternation right now because a lot of local, especially even in Pittsburgh locally, that, you know, there's resources are limited, that, you know, the business models are, are very much in flux and very much shifting. And so we're, I think, I think we'll be okay, but I, I think we're, there's a lot of journalism that's just sort of in this gray area right now, right? Where, you know, the, it's not a, it's not a lack of good journalists. It's not a lack of determination to do good work, but it's the resources and the, you know, sort of the reality of, of the industry have hit local news particularly hard and investigative projects, you know, they get to be sort of a lifeline, right? For, for newsrooms that they're trying to demonstrate their value, right? To the community. And that's, you know, those big ambitious projects uh, do that, but they take time and resources, right? So, so, you know, tell me about, you know, your sort of take on, on the state of local news. Like, I know that's a huge, big picture topic and fraught with all kinds of, you know, there's so much, so many variables, but, you know, where do you see local news? I mean, maybe not specifically to Pittsburgh, but in general, I mean, I feel like, I feel like we'll be okay, but definitely things are going to look different a few years from now, you know, in a decade. Oh, from yeah, now. we, we will absolutely be okay. Um, I think, you know, even, even 10 years ago, um, when I started to, uh, funny enough, apply my investigative reporting skills internally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started working on big projects within legacy newsrooms mm-hmm. to help fix the business model, which yeah. is what is broken. Yes. Yeah. That is what is broken. For sure. And I go to a lot of um, conferences that mm-hmm. are smaller yeah. and where the younger folks are really having some really honest, intense conversations with those of us who have been in the industry for for quite a while and have been through, um, you know, I mean, I, I still remember pasting up a paper on a board in order yeah. to get it out to print. I remember using you know, an right? exacto knife. Right, so, right, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I, I worked for an afternoon daily. It's oh, one of my first too. journalism jobs. So, um, but I, you know, there's so much energy and so much thought being put into what that model looks like, how, you know, how our relationship with our readers will, will change. And I say change in not this big dramatic way, but it's shifting the model and it's really saying, hey, our primary customers are no longer advertisers. And that is the, the first and the hardest thing for a lot of existing companies to wrap their heads around and then reorient their work. Um, I mean, it's a huge internal shift. Yeah. Um, But I think that younger companies, newer companies are there already. Yeah. Um, And so... So that that's where it'll be, and and that that affects everything. From well, how do we distribute our stories? How are they getting out there? Yeah. We have to think through that system, that model again. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I think the purpose, the reason we exist, all of that, it remains the same. If we could back up a little, I'm curious, how, what drove you to this type of work? Why pursue journalism, and then more importantly, why stay with journalism when so many people are choosing to? forge new paths because for, you know, for various reasons. So it, it's interesting. Um, I don't remember a time except for maybe briefly in the fifth grade when I considered marine biology that I didn't want to do journalism. I mean, I, I was literally like starting a high school newspaper um, and, you know, wrangling friends to write for it. Um, so, you know, that has always been my goal. I've believed in it. Um, I It fits my interests. I really like research. Um, and I really am curious, constantly have questions, and this sort of allows me to do all of that. But I think, too, and, and it's the reason why I think most people are journalists, and it, it, it's it's a very 
rewarding and I'm talking about your soul like it's very rewarding work. nourishing almost yeah. yeah 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 I mean it 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 is a calling absolutely I mean no one gets into this work because they think they're gonna <laughs> nope, you know you don't get buy rich. a house or nope. support their kids right no you're not gonna get rich on these salaries yeah. but you know it it you know, even just, I mean, stories that I would do, you know, driving around on a, a Saturday and looking around just for, for what's happening in the community and seeing someone, you know, cleaning up a playground and stopping to talk to them and then realizing that they've been maintaining this off the books park in their neighborhood for years and that the kids all count on them. And, yeah. you know, you write that story and then people are like, we didn't even know this existed. And then they get more resources to do their work. Right. Like, again, it's it's not it's just telling community stories and that's both good stuff as much as it is the accountability work that is stream- extremely important, the watchdog work, which I think we talk about more and gets more of the headlines. Yeah. But a lot of that community journalism work also helps shape the community. It's really, really important. Yeah. Cause I think not everyone's used to having the, they don't appear in the paper all the time and I, or they don't appear in the news all the time. And when they do, it's has so much value for them and for people that know them. And I always say, you know, I kind of, I started in, in local news and, and ended up sort of in business journalism, local business journalism, but I always love the stories of, you know, the, the people who start their company after work over their kitchen table or in their garage, you know, that they, they just really always wanted to do this thing. And so they're going to work that job that they hate, but then when they get home, they step to one in the morning, you know, working on their business plan or whatever. That Those are like the stories, like it's a little bit different community, but it's still that community, right, of entrepreneurship and people who you know, really believe passionately in something and, and to be able to like, I always feel like I'm so lucky to be able to tell somebody's story to, that they trust me, you know, with their information to, to get to, you know, talk about the work that they're doing. Like it's definitely one of those things you feel when, especially when you're dealing at that, at that hyper local level, it's so important just like the basics of telling somebody's name right or making sure you, you know, get their information right. It's so, you know, I think there's there's a real gravitas and a real you know value to that 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 unless you're really doing it, it's hard to explain. It is, and I, I think it's really hard for um, you know we we as as a journalist and as an industry have not done a great job of explaining our work, what we put into it, what it means to us, how how much thought actually is going into to things that we are doing. Um, I remember um, it was my my second, I think it was my second layoff. There's so many layoffs. Um, my second layoff in, in Arkansas, um, and it was 2009. And at that time, the industry, um, it was going through one of its first big implosions, right? Like it was new. Yeah. I mean, that was the Rocky Mountain News closing. Like, and that, you know, newspapers closing that size with that reputation was unheard of at that point. Um, and, you know, I was at the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and um, which was the statewide paper in Arkansas, and I thought like I had made it. You know, I was at a place where you know I was I had worked really hard in my career, and then and then the layoff. And I was in the shower at a certain point days later, and I just started crying, like body shaking, sobbing, because I realized that I. See, I still get I still get emotional oh thinking about oh it because I realized I might actually have to write a resume that was not journalism focused mm. because I did not know where my next journalism job was going to come from. There were no jobs to be had at that point. And I got really lucky. Um, but yeah, I mean. So based on that experience and, and others you've had, what advice do you have for budding journalists? especially given the, the change, right, that's going on in journalism 
now, and, and I know we'll get into this in a little bit, but what advice do you have for what's, what's next? Oh, there's so much. There's so much. Um, I tell when I'm teaching, um, I tell the students first off that they must get good at math and that they should not listen to any other journalist or other professor who tells them to avoid math mm. classes. Yeah, I take did. Take statistics. Yeah, absolutely. Take <laughs> statistics. Yep. Um, I think that there is, there's just a ton of work that it's about. And, and they're new. Um, they rely on the old skills. Absolutely. Those foundational. And I will never say ignore those at all. Um, it's still a discipline of verification no matter how you're exploring it. Um, but looking at data um, is is going to be a big part of how we report and find stories and, and being able to not to analyze it, to ask it questions, to be smart about um, investigating how it was gathered, why it was gathered, because it wasn't gathered for the reason why that you're you're reporting on it, right? Someone else did it for a different reason and you have to understand that. So that kind of work um, and, and being able to be a skeptic when it comes to people presenting numbers to you and telling you with authority that they say something, um, starting to think about like essentially forensics work in journalism in terms of verification when it comes to media, um, that's becoming a big thing, being able to recognize deep fakes. And I mean, everything you can imagine being a detective, it, it, you can you can transfer it back over to, to journalism. Yeah, that's such great advice. It's interesting too, because a lot of what you're describing are just modern versions of that real shoe leather knocking on doors, looking in the phone book, you know, verifying information. Like it's, it's different and shifted, but it's still those sort of fundamentals of get the story right and make sure you understand it before you try to explain it to somebody else. You know, and I think if you can get, if you have those fundamentals, it might be hard, but you're always going to be able to find a job in journalism, you know? And, and the other part of it. So, so, you know, I always kind of, Preference it was saying, you know, journalism is really the mix of, of two disciplines. It's being able to verify things, being able to prove something is true, and doing that kind of research. It is also the ability to tell a story, and not everyone can tell a story, and that's a that's a talent that I think a lot of us take for granted um, within our own world because we're around people who can do that, who think that same way, who can immediately go, oh, "Of course that's news," or "Of course that's not news," right? We have that shorthand. When you get out into the the rest of the world, it's really hard for for people to to hear things and think that fast and turn it around and say, "Well, yep, I, I heard what was most what's going to get people's attention." You know, I heard it and I can reflect it back quickly. Especially with such a polarized world we live in at this point, right? And also with digital media. I mean, I, I can only imagine what it's like. I mean, you hear reporters talk about it. You know, the influx of of Twitter and Facebook and all the other social media forums, what that's done to journalism and, and, and also the 24 hour news network. I, I mean, it, it, it's, in, it's intense for the viewer and for the consumer. I can only imagine what it's like for the journalist. Intense too. Yeah. <laughs> Very well, much. So let's talk about this project. Let's talk about, you know, the idea is, and you know, correct me where I'm wrong, that this going to be sort of one topic focused on, and we're going to have multiple partners or stakeholders um, in Pittsburgh journalism participating. So tell me a little bit about one, kind of the the, the idea behind it and getting, herding all the cats because I, <laughs> I was saying to Pam before you got here, Amy Jo is definitely the person to do this because I wouldn't have the patience to like, to wrangle all like just knowing all the personalities in Pittsburgh media and who you'd have to be like, that's an undertaking in and of itself. But when you have people who are willing to step up and get involved, 
mean, you know, as long as you're all coming from that place, right? But but tell me a little bit of the stakeholders as as they are. Who who is participating in this? Like who are the who are the journalist uh, journalism organizations or journalism entities participating? And kind of um, you know what what you're envisioning this is going to look like. One big project over several years, several smaller projects you know, a combination, like I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on, on what this is, what the map's going to look like. Sure. Um, I'm going to tell you um, what I'm also telling the partners. Um, a lot of this we're figuring out as we go. Um, so I'm going to preference everything just by, by saying that. Um, but I think that, uh, so um, at, as of this month, we have 20 news organizations that have signed a memorandum of understanding saying that they uh, are agreeing to work with each other over the next year. So the project um, will be focused on one editorial project, so a very large enterprise reporting um, piece um, that we've broken down into parts. Um, so there'll be kind of different phases of it. Um, and everyone, I mean, I think that that what is so particularly um, powerful and, and and interesting with this group is it's a very diverse group of media organizations. We have everyone from um, a brand new startup in the North Hills that's targeting the Hispanic community to your your very traditional legacy, um, Trib Total Media, your public radio, ESA, Alt Weekly, City Paper. Um, and I forgive me, there are 20 of them and I'm, I'm sitting here holding my coffee and I'm um, feeling guilty because I feel I'm like I should run down the whole Don't list. Don't worry. When um, I post this on, on the website, we will make sure there's a link so everyone gets um, recognition. Uh, Hyperlocal up in, in Ambridge. Um, we have the Mon Valley Independent, which is a, a daily paper um, or down in, in south of here. So it's it's a very eclectic group. Um, and I think they're all going to be approaching this from some very interesting perspectives. Um, and that is part, I mean, we had our first meeting, um, first quarterly meeting, essentially after everyone had agreed um, to that they were going to go forward and work together. And it was just, it's just to see a room full of, of folks who are passionate about journalism, passionate about reporting on the city and telling the community story and, and just in a room really hashing it out amongst themselves in terms of, of issues and what, what we should cover and how we should cover it. And, and having those conversations was just amazing. So you shared a few of the the partners. I'm curious if in other cities that this has been based around uh, or kind of formed because, you know, other cities have done the same type of thing. Have they also had such a diverse set of partners, right? As you're listing off, you're, you're listing media outlets that are, or publications that are very city focused and city consumer, but then others that are very much outside of the city limits and, and a significant distance. And and I'm putting a little bit of my economic development hat on with this urban rural piece, right? It, it's it's really a powerful conversation. And we've seen that over the last several years where there's, of course, a divide. It, it, there's been a long divide, but it's become much more prominently known in the last several years. How are you managing that within this project because there are very different needs and, and interests between the two. Um, a big part of it is, you know, we're, we're coming together to tell an enterprise story. And, and one of the goals has been that this is meant to be something that you couldn't do on your own. or And I shouldn't say couldn't. It would be extremely difficult for you to, to do it and to report on it with the complexity and the depth that we are aiming for. 
Um, and so the partners are really giving you that strength to to delve into something and to have a rich conversation that, again, you, you might not be able to get to um, if, if you wanted to address it on your own. So just the, the idea of doing good journalism together and doing something that, that could um, affect a topic area or an, an area that we really want to explore. And sorry, I'm, I know I'm being sort of vague. We've been talking about the, the no, topic. Okay. so. We want to do good journalism. Yeah, you know, every everyone wants to do good journalism together. Uh, that is the the baseline common goal right there, um, and I think that's how you bring everyone together and you say that we're gonna. This is our goal. Yeah. And, so how have you negotiated? Because one of the early questions I had about doing a project like this and trying to coordinate it was, you've you've got even though in the Pittsburgh ecosystem it has gotten different. It's it's definitely changed. It's not just two big papers and then sort of everybody else like it was in the past, right? Um, how do you uh, make sure the business interests align? So you've got competitors, right? That how have you sort of negotiated that so that you're covering a story collectively, but you know each each outlet wants to have their piece of it and have control over how they do it for their newsroom based on how they you know, their workflow or who their personnel. So how have you negotiated through that space of of these are competitors and you're asking them to work together and that doesn't necessarily come naturally to journalists. We're very competitive and. You know, I think that just the fact that the collaborative exists, because I know in the past it used to be, it's not enough for me to get the story. I have to make sure you don't get the story. That was very much a sort of guiding principle for sort of older school journalism. So, so how have you kind of, I mean, I don't think that attitudes exist currently, but how do you get competitors to, to participate in a, in a group project like this? One of the things that is really important to me, um, and I'm probably, you know, maybe an interesting person to be approaching collaborative journalism. And, and I told the partners this last week, you know, I was an early skeptic. Mm-hmm. I, I, I come from that old school journalism world and I looked at everything and I said, well, you know, what, what does an organization get out of collaborating? Yeah. Like what, again, yeah. you, you have to address the business interest first. Sure. Um, the, the community interest is, is clear. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, we want to do good journalism. We're all in agreement on that. Um, and if you have a bunch of us coming together and pulling resources on that end, we will. Um, and but in, independent journalism is very, very important. Yeah. Um, I think a, a mix of models, a mix of um, folks speaking to different audiences is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I'm coming from. I think that the collaboration um, out of this process, my hope is that we find some ways to pull resources behind the scenes Mm -hmm. that help everyone do their work better and not just better, but like do more of what they want to be spending their time on, what they want to be spending their resources on and less on the things that are causing roadblocks or preventing them from hiring one more reporter um, or, you know, preventing, I mean, so many um, when it comes to, uh, then this is, this is going to be a pretty big priority is when we talk about, open records and, and access to uh, meetings and so the right to know on the Sunshine Act here sure. in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, there aren't a lot of resources locally to fight whenever you come up against something that is yeah. clearly against the law. Um, and even the the larger um, organizations still, you know, they're picking and choosing which battles to fight. Sure. Again, behind the scenes, if we can find ways where we are 
working together and saying, you know what, it's actually in all of our interest that we fight back against this. Yeah. Um, how can we do that together? How can we support each other in that? Because that doesn't that does not affect our competitiveness. That yeah. will make all of us more competitive if we can get past this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, thinking about, I mean, there's a lot of inspiration. I think there are probably my numbers are going to be off because I every day I'm kind of actually um, seeing an, another one pop up. But I think there are about a dozen other sort of collaborative projects in progress mm-hmm. around the country right yeah. now. And so the Colorado Media Project is one that's really interesting. Um, they aren't there yet, but they're talking about things like. Um, a shared co-working space that's geared toward media where they might have a shared office manager um, and maybe some back-end support that that's, again, shared. Like, that's the type of things that... If you can take that off their plates and not have to worry about, are we going to be able to pay the rent or have play the light bill or... If you could take that off of some smaller, I mean, that's huge. It's a game changer. And, and again, I'm not saying that that is necessarily what will yeah. happen with this project. But what um, a great idea. Like what a great approach to think of it, not just in terms of the, you know, what we're going to write about, but think about in terms of, you know, what can we take off the table or take off people's plates or taking something, you know, that they don't have to focus on so they can focus on the journalism. To me, that sounds like a really just innovative way to approach the problem. But tell me a little bit about like, what, how would you consider this project a success? Like a year from now, you'll look back and say, oh, we did this. And, and you'll feel like this is, this was definitely worth the time and blood, sweat and tears that you poured into it. Like what would be kind of your, your litmus? Um, I, I think that the journalism, the project that we're going to be putting out there, um, I think just, just seeing that all come to fruition um, yeah. will, will be an amazing thing. Um, I also think uh, some of it's already been happening. It's it's the conversations as we are bringing everyone together. It, it's, you know, there have been people in rooms together that at least not not in a uh, a work setting and, mm-hmm. and, and as opposed to as like a social setting. Yeah. Um, who haven't been in rooms together talking. Yeah. And that is um, going to end up being a really good thing one way or another. Yeah. Um, so I think continuing those conversations and then seeing where we end up at the end of the year in terms of, of that, I think we're already seeing some um, within the partnership collaborations. Um, the event coming up on February 12th is yeah. one of those um, between City Paper and Public Source. Um, you know, and there's there's just been a lot of talk. Um, again, out of these conversations will come things that that we can't even you know foresee at the moment. Yeah, well, that's so awesome. The suspense is, is, I know. is building. Yeah. It's but, very exciting. I feel like we're kind of in, in an early no of sorts, yeah. right? We're kind yep. of this first exposure of Behind the scenes. what's coming. Yeah. Amy Jo I Brown. feel very lucky. Thank you so much. Yes, for thank coming you for coming. This is, this is going to be exciting. And we want to have you come back after the project's been launched and after it's been going on for a while. And you can tell us how it's going and update us on progress and what all else is going on. So yeah. thanks so much. Okay, for thank calling. you. This is exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. You're welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. The Broadcast Podcast is proud to be a member of the Sorgatron Media family. 